G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We want to talk about the rich heritage of the Christian Church in Australia and uh, that's not just spinning a line, you know, that is the truth. And it's demonstrated in the huge infrastructure that makes up the Christian Church in every city and every town around Australia. You just drive through a country town now and then and see some of the magnificent infrastructure in the churches. Well, we are going to be talking today about amazing heritage architecture right through to the most modern high-tech auditoriums and everything in between. What you may not be aware of is that there is an absolutely fabulous ministry that has at its core the passion for building and maintaining the infrastructure of the Christian Church in Australia. It's called Mobile Mission Maintenance. They've been working across the nation and around various nations around the world for the past 40 years. They've been building facilities or doing repairs and maintenance on church buildings, on schools, on orphanages, mission organizations and support agencies. Well, there is an amazing variety of people that make up the great teams of outstanding men and women that make things happen in mobile mission maintenance. And they're called MMM Associates, Mobile Mission Maintenance Associates. We're going to talk about some associates as we get our conversation underway too. And it's about more than just swinging a hammer or swinging a paintbrush. We're going to be talking about the huge task of maintaining the infrastructure of churches in this next hour. And you can be a part of our conversation, 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts on what you do to maintain the church infrastructure in the nation, maybe just the church infrastructure in your town. Well, the CEO of Mobile Mission Maintenance is Terence Baxter. He's back with us for an update and to discuss the relaunch of what they are calling their Associates Programs. We're going to hear some more about that, but a special welcome back to 2020 to you, Terence Baxter. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you this morning. Terry, when we get a chance to talk to the CEO of Mobile Mission Maintenance, uh, there's lots of things in the heritage and the history and that sort of thing, but let me just hear the heartbeat of the boss when it comes to the teams that are working around the nation. Uh, how are you feeling about the, the way your teams are functioning and the work that they're doing, maintaining infrastructure and churches uh, left, right and centre? Oh, Neil, these are the lifeblood of our organisations. These are the people that are out there doing it day and night, hard and day, hard hard work all day, but they love it. Uh, and they they drive enormous distances sometimes just to get to the next place to, to do it. Um, one of the great stories I've got at the moment that's hot on the press is I've got a team in Western Australia that have travelled from the East Coast, uh, six uh, couples with their caravans and uh, Headed off a few months ago, they've been working from Esperance up to Geraldton on about six different projects over the last three months. They're just near Kalgoorlie, I think, at the moment, uh, pointing in the right direction. The east 
in, to, towards the east. Uh, they're getting a sniff of home, but they've got one project to do over there in Kalgoorlie or Coolgardie, one of the two, and uh, they'll be then finishing that and heading back home. But that's the type of commitment that we have from our volunteers and our associates across the nation that they'll, they'll just get in their car and they'll drive, they'll go and they'll do, and they've done a variety of work from rebuilding a you know, pastor's house uh, to fixing up an old church, a heritage-style church in uh, in the south of the uh, Western Australia up to uh, a mission station near Wongaldu in, uh, in it's about 125 kilometres east of uh, Geraldton. And I've got to tell you, I've been there, Neil. There's not much else there. It takes a lot of commitment to find the place, do it, and uh, they spend over a month there just working on that mission station, working with the locals there to fix up a whole bunch of their buildings and infrastructure. Well, I imagine that not too many of us ask the question uh, in our day-to-day life, uh, who's looking after the mission station in Wongaldu? And, <laughs> and, and you know, uh, as, a, as a radio ministry, we take such great pride in being in remote places uh, where there isn't a lot of activity and even not a lot of infrastructure from time to time. So uh, my heart beats with yours when you talk about your teams going even into remote locations and looking after mission facilities there that are reaching out into those communities. Yeah. And look, it's not just the remote places. We've we've just had a team return to Brisbane that have been up the central coast of Queensland. They've been working around Rockhampton doing two or three projects up there only on the road for about six or eight weeks, uh, and then they come back again. But it, some of our projects are next door to our buildings almost, and we, the guys will go wherever, whenever, and however they need to just to get there to do the work. And this is the heartbeat of our organisation. This is why we exist, and everything else that we do in, in our associates program, in, in all our administration, everything is focused on getting people to those projects to do the work for churches to help them do what they do without having to worry about their building infrastructure. I'm going to get some more from you on that associates program mm-hmm. because uh, actually it's exciting and uh, it's something that's been sort of rediscovered. We're going to talk some more about that, but let's come back to that team that's just straddled the nation uh, from east to west, working on a whole host of uh, maintenance uh, building projects and you mentioned there was like six couples, uh, all with their caravans. Is this the typical? Is this is this typical? I mean, is it might be atypical. Uh, is this the way that oftentimes you get the teams working? Yeah. You've got uh, you've got a whole team. They're in caravans and they're on tour. And uh, in fact, they're probably sightseeing at the same time, but they're actually serving God in their mission. They do get to do a bit of sightseeing, and you know the. I got some beautiful pictures of Durian Bay from the team on their way to Wongledu. It's a, it's a long way up there, and they stopped uh, for a few days in 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 uh, Durian Bay in Western Australia to to relax and to just catch their breath a bit. They'd been in Perth for about four weeks before that and worked on a weck house there uh, missions, and uh, they worked in a campsite, Christian campsite there at uh, Wattle Grove. Um, and there's a lot of work, and it's it's hard work sometimes. And sometimes the, the conditions aren't that good, but they, you know, it's hot and sticky, and the, but they've got to do it. And they they choose to do it because they have a passion to see people come to Christ. Now I know that sounds a bit odd because they're going to paint a church, but what we do allows churches to focus on their mission. Um, I have a great pastor who's a very wise man, and Neil, I think you know him, but he's he once said to me something very profound when we were talking in a conversation. He just looked at me and he said, the mission of the church is not to own buildings. 
It's to reach the lost. And that resonated in my heart. When I had the opportunity to come and work with MMM, it was very easy because that seed had already been sown. But it's such a profound truth that the church is here to reach the lost. That was the commission that Christ gave the church. And when they have to worry about buildings or when they have to worry about their vehicles or when they have to worry about how this is going to happen or the mechanics of it, if that can be taken away in any point and they can focus on their work, then they're far more efficient at what they do. Now, large churches... They have the capacity to do a lot of this themselves with their own people. But smaller churches and missions organizations, they don't have that. And that's what we're here to help. Well, I'm going to give a website regularly through the hour because an opportunity today for listeners to connect with mobile mission maintenance. Now, it's the easiest ever to remember website, mmm.org.au, mmm.org.au. Uh, let me come back to the the caravan uh, couples uh, crossing the nation east to west, working on all sorts of projects. Uh, the image that I have, and you might like to clarify this, but uh, I suspect that those caravanning couples are likely to be almost in the mould of a grey nomad. Uh, but I'm not sure now. <laughs> I can see your face uh, uh, just uh, reacting a little bit to that. Uh, but I imagine that there are a lot of retirees that would be a part of what you're doing with mobile mission maintenance. But I know from my own experience uh, that oftentimes you've got tradespeople in their prime and uh, they need to be expertly qualified to do what they do. Uh, what's the typical sort of person that works with mobile mission maintenance? Oh, gee, you're looking at me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, we do have a lot of the grey nomads, and look, I'm going to put a name to this. Um, Phil Hall is our team leader in Western Australia, and he's uh, he'd be great to be grey because I've seen him, and he looks like you and I. Not not a lot on the top, but he's a wonderful guy. And, yes, there we have a lot of retired people, uh, semi-retired people, people that uh, take long service leave, want to uh, people that take a year off and want to work their way around Australia. They link up with our teams in lots of different places. But we also do have the tradies and, and the people that work 52 weeks of the year or 48 weeks of the year and, and a couple of weeks of their time they want to help out or help us on weekends or after hours, come in and do a specific thing. They can direct our, our uh, volunteers and, and associates uh, on the job that are usually pretty handy with their with their well pretty handy with their hands I suppose but yep. they they're the type of people that that come in and say well we've got to do it like this this and this and will direct us and help us. We have people that commit uh, and find their own self funding uh, young people um, that say look I'm committed to a mission but what can I do? Well they're a tradie and they and they find us. And they say, well, I want to work with you. And we've got a fabulous couple in Queensland that uh, about 18 months ago committed to us and they've just led that team that went up to the Central Coast. They're young with two young kids and uh, they, they live with us in an MMM centre in, in uh, Queensland. Um, but they're committed to it. They find their funding, their support from their churches and friends, and they go and do it. We have all sorts of people, Neil. And tell me about what sort of church denominations use mobile mission maintenance because uh, some people might be thinking, oh, that's uh, MMM. I, I heard they do good work, but I don't know whether they do anything at our church. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on the, the widespread uh, nature of the, the mission of mobile mission maintenance and uh, and who you do some work for? Who we do work for is Christian organisations. So if it's got the word Christian in it anywhere, that when, then we're, we're there to help. The, the primary purpose of the building that we work on needs to be the proclamation of the gospel. That's our charter. 
And so you name it, Anglican, Presbyterian, Methodist, Uniting Church, Apostolic Church, Assemblies of God, it doesn't matter. The flavor, the style, doesn't matter. We've been uh, – next Sunday I'm, I'm ministering in a church in Sydney, um, and it's uh, it's an Anglican church, uh, Coogee Anglican Church, and we've done several projects there. Now, that's a leafy eastern suburbs church, but they have a real need. They had a need, and we were able to meet it, and we helped them. Some of it doesn't sound very glorious, Neil, you know, it, it you talk about projects that we do in churches. We did a project in a in a church in in Darwin a couple of years ago. They needed their toilets renovated. Why? Because people come to their church and are just turned off by terrible facilities like that. Well, we had a team up there. They went and did it, and the the turnaround in that church has been phenomenal because the facilities of the church, the things that people don't want to talk about that need to be talked about have been fixed and it makes the church just work a whole lot better. You know, I was a part of a church years ago and uh, it had toilets outside. Now, not uh, not the old Thunderbox style. I mean, we're not talking that old, but uh, functional toilets, but they were outside and the toilet block had an affectionate name. It was called the Cocky Castle. <laughs> Because it was, <laughs> it was like uh, there was a cockroach issue, and and so you know sealing up the toilets. I mean, this was one of those projects that needed to happen, and sort of no one had really the expertise to say, well, how are we going to actually approach this? Uh, you got some problem solvers on the teams. Always, that's that's what our people are. They are, they are problem solvers, and quite often we get called in to have a look at something, and they want to do this, and we'll just look at it and say, look, from our experience. Perhaps you should consider doing this or whatever. And I don't want to dwell on toilets because we do a lot more. <laughs> we do a lot more than toilets, Neil. Um, you know, we've we we did a job a few years ago uh, in Seymour in Victoria, um, and it was just a church hall. Now it just needed painting and, and a few maintenance issues in this church hall, um, not the main church building that was that was functioning and functioning well. It was a small church. But when we talked to them about it, you know, that was the area. People didn't come into their sanctuary to use their facilities and link in with the church from the community. They used their church hall. So we were, we sent a team up there and some – it was a team from all over, some from New South Wales, some from Victoria, some new MMM volunteers rolled along and a lot of our associates were there. But they got together and they renovated and painted and spruced up this hall and it looked fantastic. And the difference that it made was that people started using that hall from that community. I imagine you have a dilemma from time to time, and it probably looks a little bit like this. Uh, there's more work to do, more jobs on the books, than you have volunteers and associates to be able to do those. And other times, I'm sure uh, you're saying, well, hang on a sec, what's happened to the work? Uh, people are not calling us. Uh, uh, what, what happens when there's an imbalance? Uh, the amount of work, the number of workers... We haven't, we don't get very often to the second part of your thing there where we, we sit around wondering what we're going to do. Um, we receive about, in Australia, we receive about 180 work requests a year. We can't do them all. Some of them don't fit our criteria. We filter them through, but the decision on how it's done is, is a pro, an internal process that actually engages the local regional people as to whether they can and then what timing they have. We always, always, always looking for volunteers, people that can commit to us for a month, two, three, six months, 12 months, three years, five years, 10 years. We do an enormous amount of work. Um, the volume of project work is just astounding. We Last year, um, 
our reporting period ends at the end of August, so I haven't got this year's figures, but last year we did uh, 21,000, in excess of 21,000 project hours on site. That's an enormous amount of sweat and tears and and heartache and muscle ache and climbing ladders and painting walls. 21,000 project hours, that's on site. We also, the total amount of project hours with planning and travel and all the rest of it that happens is about 38,500 in a year, man hours. Okay. This is uh, this is exciting and it's challenging. And I know that you'd like to see the numbers increase. I mean, when you've taken over, as you have just a few years ago, uh, CEO, four years ago, I think it was now, uh, CEO of Mobile Mission Maintenance, uh, you know, you, you had some goals. So you come to a job like yours, you've got aspirations and you're saying, uh, what have we done? Uh, what are we going to do into the future? What are the, the new goals? What's the new vision? I mean, if the CEO takes over and uh, you start to inspire the organisation as you have, Terence Baxter, uh, you've got uh, you've got all sorts of aspirations and goals. You want to see the whole thing grow, don't you? You do. And look, the the worst thing for me is to say to somebody, "We can't do this. We just don't have enough volunteers." But we still do it. We still have to say that. There are times when we'd love to do this small church in the middle of nowhere, but getting a team there is going to take six or eight months worth of planning because of the amount of work we've got in front of us. And that that speaks to me of something that. That most people in, you know, the majority of people live in large cities in Australia. And getting to a church around the corner is easy. Uh, getting to a building that's only 20k across the other side of Melbourne or Sydney or Brisbane is, is, that's, that's not near as difficult as getting to a church that is in a small town that's got two or three hundred people in the town and ten people travel to that church on a Sunday. Is it worth doing that church? Yes, it is. Um, but for us to get a team there is really hard sometimes. Uh, just in the scheduling, if I had a doubling of the amount of teams, we'd still find enough work for them. Well, I want to invite listeners to join in our conversation today. And uh, one of the areas I think you may be able to contribute, and uh, we'll take as many calls as we can, you might have your own impression of your local church. And you think, you know what, Uh, a lick of paint needed here, a little bit of maintenance needed there. I wonder whether your local church might fit the criteria of what Mobile Mission Maintenance does. You can join in our conversation. You might be a tradie. You might be a handy person. You might be, you might have a question about what sort of commitment is required if you want to be a part of the team, either as a volunteer or as an associate for Mobile Mission Maintenance. You might have your own thoughts on the infrastructure of churches in Australia. You might be thinking, you know what? I know why a building is so important because it reflects something of the character of the people who live and worship in that building. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We're talking about the infrastructure of the Australian church today. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Be a part of that conversation on 1-800-316-316. Terence Baxter's our guest. He's the national CEO of Mobile Mission Maintenance. Uh, Terence, you mentioned there were uh, a whole lot. I think it was 38,000 hours of 
work that went into uh, this past year. Uh, you've been crunching the numbers a fair bit lately. Uh, hit us with a few more of your facts and figures because uh, it's pretty impressive what you guys are doing. Yeah, look, boards always want numbers, so that's what they're prepared for. But um, it's a good it's a good talking point to put things into perspective because the the numbers I mentioned before are twenty one thousand plus project hours on site and thirty eight and a half thousand in total project hours of planning. That equates to about two point seven million dollars worth of work that we've done through our volunteers uh, across Australia within a twelve month period. Now that's totally just the volunteer cost, you know, the, if you put a price on it. But we partner with churches and, and they provide a lot of resource as well sometimes. Uh, sometimes we go into churches or organisations and there's three or four people that just want to join with us. Too big a job for them, but when you've got 10 or 15 people, you know, in a room painting it, it gets done pretty quickly. We don't even count their hours uh, and th- their contribution. We don't count the cost of materials and things like that. It's uh, it's just this is what the value of the labour that we provided. On there's a great thing that I like to look at on any given work day in Australia, when you when you brush out those numbers and, and map them across you know working days on any given working day around Australia, there are eleven people working full time for MMM that are volunteers. Okay, well one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen to join in our conversation today. When we talk about volunteers and associates. Uh, these are not necessarily the same. How does that work when you uh, when you talk about the people who are linked with the team? Yep. Volunteers are are the essence of our organisation. Um, we are we are a volunteer mission organisation, and we we have people that come and just volunteer for a job here or there, or volunteer in a particular capacity, and we love that. It's, it, it is what we do. But people, that, our associates program is people that are committed to our vision and our mission and work in line with us um, to achieve the outcomes that, we, that we're that we chartered to achieve. Uh, associates are the lifeblood and the backbone of our organisation and they have carried this organisation for the last 43 years, Neil. Um, our associates program was put together by a gentleman by the name of John Walder. I've met John. He's a wonderful man. He was one of the founders of MMM, and his, he was chartered in the in the early years of MMM of getting a team that are committed together and and started this thing called the MMM Associates. And it was people that can identify with the vision that are more than just volunteers. Uh, they they want to come in. They're committed. They they work with us. They work under our direction. They take on specific roles sometimes. Um, but they are the backbone of what we do. And John put it all together, and it was very successful for a long time. There was a whole series of events that happened in the last probably 15 years that caused a lot of the knowledge about that program to be lost by the executive management team. One of those things was the tragedy of Black Saturday, and, and we lost uh, on that day. Uh, all uh, The majority of our, our paper records and, and work were lost when the Black Saturday fires went through the Whittlesey area in in, um, in Victoria, and that was where our head office was, and we were majorly impacted by that. Um, we had to move out of that site. We're no longer there. But it meant that when I came into the organisation, um, you ask a simple question of what's an associate, um, I couldn't get a definitive answer. Now, that's probably because I wasn't always asking the right people, but I found that if I had 10 people in the room, I'd get 12 different opinions on what an associate was. 
And somebody said to me one day, they're kind of like volunteers. Well, that's kind of like saying that a Rolls Royce is kind of like a mini miner. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the quality that we see in our associates program. They're people that link in with us that are just driven to see the church achieve its goals, but they're not preachers. They're not teachers. They're not anything other than people that can work with their hands and want to work with their hands and want to partner with other people to do it. Well, sometimes we get this impression, don't we, that the people who are most useful in the sharing of the gospel, the extension of the kingdom, are the preachers and the teachers. But uh, then when we come to these uh, these practical uh, examples of how the infrastructure actually develops around that. Uh, that's where your associates become very, very important. And really, when we're talking mobile mission maintenance, we're not talking about one denomination. We're talking about a a team, a, a force, a movement of people who want to actually contribute to the extension of the gospel right around the country. That's true. And there's not there's not really one part of this country we haven't been to in the last 40 years and a lot of our teams have gone overseas and worked in various nations around the world as well, achieving those goals. One of the things that we have uh, at our, at, we've invested in over many years is we have a rolled steel f- machine. We can actually manufacture a building in, in our Mitcham office in Melbourne and send it anywhere in the world and erect it to a tolerance of half a millimetre. Okay, And so that sort of thing, sorry, Neil, to cut you off, but that sort of thing is that allows us to say, how do we build a church in Zambia? Well, we build it in Melbourne, put it in a shipping container and send it there. We built uh, accommodation for in Vanuatu for, for teachers and students at a Christian college that when the Cyclone Pam went through there a few years ago, one of our guys was on the ground three days later. They needed accommodation for students and thing. We came back, we built five buildings, put it all in one shipping container, sent it over. 22 guys followed the shipping container, and in two weeks they had it erected. We're talking about the huge task of maintaining infrastructure of churches uh, right around Australia. The CEO of Mobile Mission Maintenance is Terence Baxter. He's back with us today for this update, and we'll talk some more about that associates program. Terry, uh, when we talk about Mobile Mission Maintenance, and uh, you've got a national ministry organisation, we heard the story a little earlier of the team that's done the trip from the east to the west and working on projects along the way, six couples with caravans in a convoy and doing some fabulous work. When people link with mobile mission maintenance, uh, are they linking with a state body? How does that all work? What's uh, If you want to, if say you're in WA or you're in South Australia, uh, whereabouts are you going to link? Well, the, the real work of, of MMM happens in the regions um, and we have regional offices around Australia in Brisbane, in Mango Hill, uh, that's our Northern Australia thing, and it's a big region. They look after all of Queensland, Northern Territory, and a tiny little slice of uh, Western Australia across the top there. Um, we have a regional office in YE in New South Wales that looks after all of New South Wales and ACT. Our, our regional office in Victoria is based also with our head office uh, in Mitcham in Victoria, but that looks after South Australia as well. Um, we have a regional office in... Uh, Perth in Tasmania, just to confuse people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that gets everybody, but it, it, near Launceston, and that looks after, obviously, the beautiful Apple Isle and all the wonderful churches down there, and uh, in Southern River in Perth in Western Australia for the rest of the country, which is just Western Australia. And what happens? Is it like we've got a project and you've got people waiting almost on call? Uh, there's a project in your 
your region uh, needs to some attention, in fact, needs your skills. Uh, so you've got people sort of waiting for the phone to ring. They pick up the phone. Oh, it's Terence Baxter. I'm, I'm off to a, I'm off to another project. Is that the way it works? No, I don't do the project planning. <laughs> if, if I did the project planning, not a lot would happen, Neil. Okay. No, our, our, it, it's all planned by our regional project teams, and they're, they're planned a long way in advance. It's it, it, very rarely do we ring people and say, "Can you be in Kununurra tomorrow?" It it just doesn't happen that way. You know, we need to plan to get people to their sites. We need to plan to get people to. Uh, to where they're going and 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 have the materials there, so all that extra hours that I talked about over the twenty one thousand, that's all that sort of background work that happens. So uh, we have a a register of people of uh, you know on our database and their skill sets, and our project teams tap into that and say, how can we? Um, can you come and join us? We're doing a thing right at the moment. We're planning a safari, uh, a travel safari of projects for Victoria in. Uh, in September, October and November. There's about six projects that we need to do between South Australia and Victoria. We've had an amazing interest. We put that out to our our people and say, who can join with us? And we've had about eight or ten couples already join uh, join that team in various locations to do that work. So it's all planned in advance, but the the thing for people to do is to link in. They can either come through our website and, and, uh, and inquire through there, uh, connect up with us, or contact their regional MMM centre. The details of that's on our website as well. Okay, and uh, I'm going to ask you about the way you can break down what sort of uh, volunteers and associates are involved because you've got this <coughs> wonderful way of describing how people actually work with MMM on the road, on your knees, on a desk, on the tins, on the stage. I'm going to ask you about that in just a few moments, but let's take a call. Jason is in Victoria. Hello, Jason. Welcome along. Good morning, Neil and Terence. How are you guys? Very well, Jason. Like what are your thoughts? Congrats. I'd like to give give encouragement Terry, Terry, all the best to your organisation, and may God bless all of you. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Jason, great encouragement there. Thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to contribute to our conversation today. Let's come back to those uh, those issues that those associates do. On your knees, on a desk, on the road. These are uh, a really wonderful way of describing all of the different facets and dimensions of what you're doing, Terry. Yeah, we, we, we've got a brochure that we can send people about it that's got that alliteration in it and uh, they needed a draft and that's what came out of my head, so an alliteration like that. But but on the road, it talks about our project teams. They're, they're the people that are that leave their home for a little while. Uh, they could be going around the corner or or across the nation, as we've spoken about today, to do to do the work. And and the project. This is the core of what we do. But there's so much more to making that happen. And one of the key essentials, the thing that we can't do without in MMM, is people that pray for us and people that are a part of our prayer network and our prayer teams. We have a prayer network that stretches around the country. Uh, is regular correspondence with them, regular updates and prayer letters that go out to, we need to pray about this. One of the things that we do as an organisation is we don't just pray for the people that are doing the work. We pray for the organisations where we're working, that what we do will become effective and outwork in their mission and what they do. So we regularly pray for the churches and missions organisations and schools and orphanages where our teams have been or are going and to pray. So that's the people that are obviously on their knees. Uh, on a desk, we always need people sitting on a desk 
helping out. These are the people that do the planning, uh, do the work, write the prayer guides, all, all that sort of stuff. Those admin sort of people that get people to where they're going. The uh, on the tins is obviously uh, it's it's a colloquial phrase because I was talking to someone in New Zealand a few weeks ago. They didn't understand this, but the old tins is our our acronym for fundraising. Okay. We need to raise funds. We need to. It, it costs money to do it. You know, our insurance bill just to have workers travelling around Australia and and working on roofs and in 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 churches and up on on ladders and things like that. Aaron and insurance bill is is it's terrible really but we we need to do that we need to protect and one of our key things is making sure that we have a safe working environment for all of our volunteers we have a whole work health and safety coordinator that looks after it nationally but that costs money and we need the funds to do that so we raise funds and neil you've been a a a great supporter of ours you came along to a fundraising dinner in in queensland a few years ago and uh, we linked up there but it's it's so needed what we do, and not everybody's a fundraiser. The last one is on the stage, and we talk about that, and these are our MMM ambassadors. These are the people that go out and talk about what we do in churches, in conferences, at missions conferences that can say, hey, this is what MMM is all about. Would you like to join us? Because you know, whilst I can talk to a national audience now, it's the conversation one-on-one when we talk to people that takes them from being just a volunteer into being an associate that says, I really want to commit to this and I really want to be a part of it. And you really want to look after your people, Terry. Uh, You want people to, you know, wear the MMM shirt. Uh, Mm -hmm. You've got these fabulous caps. And I I said uh, last time we were talking uh, that I'll be one of your unofficial ambassadors. And uh, I have proudly worn that MMM cap uh, when I've been on holidays and even around the place, around my own local community. But, but you want to, you want to get people into your, uh, you know, your right to workwear, apparel. Uh, you want them uh, proudly displaying the, uh, the logo. Uh, and uh, and being a part of what God is doing in this mission. Yeah, telling people what we do is is fundamental to what to how we achieve what we do. We would be doing nothing if people didn't hear about MMM in one form or another. Um, and so, uh, for our associates, the, you know, the, the branded image wear and everything, it's really just to say you're a part of a big team and identify with a team. So. Every associate that joins us gets a cap, they get a polo shirt, they get a name badge so somebody knows their name, they know their own name but somebody else knows their name and and it brings them together as a team. There are lots of events that, that are for associates to bring them together, to talk about things, to to enjoy life, to to fellowship together and to worship and pray together. And, you know, it's But we want them to be a part of a complete team and understand that it's much bigger than just their local project team, it's a state, it's a region, it's Australia, it's right around the world. And we all want to be a part of something that is in some ways uh, bigger than ourselves and to be able to link with, and you can do this with a number of different ministry organisations, but uh, to be part of something that's bigger than yourself, uh, to be a part of a team, to have a sense of belonging and knowing that you're involved in a mission. And sometimes we restrict ourselves to the mission that is within our local church, and that's a, a really great mission area to be involved in. But some people have got gifts that take them with their expertise beyond their local church and into other expressions of where the body of Christ is. Yeah, we Neil, can I say this? We, we have some criteria as to what we expect uh, our volunteers to look like or our, our associates in particular to look like. And one of those things is, one of those criteria is that they must be embedded in their local church. 
They must be established and rooted. We, this is not an organisation that wants to take people away from their church or away. They do travel and they do miss some Sundays here or there when they're working two or three weeks somewhere else. But to to be embedded in your local church isn't anything other than saying you're rock solid with your church and that's where you're fed, that's where you're nurtured. We're not another church. We're not another organisation that's out there to, to do any of this. We use people from the local church as the volunteers because sometimes their skills go beyond what they can use in their local church and they still want to be effective. Terry, how long is the typical project that people are committed to when they're an associate? Uh, Because I imagine you've got a weekend project or you've got week-long times when you've got, uh, you know, it's a bigger project. It might be a major building project, might take months or even years. Uh, What's the typical yeah, look, the the typical project is around about three weeks, uh, but that I should say two weeks really. That that encompasses some major work. When when large buildings need a lot of maintenance or a lot of work, uh, it it doesn't happen in just a day. Our teams work Monday to Friday. Um, they one of the set criteria we have for our project teams is. Uh, we have a morning tea break every every morning, and at that morning tea break, our team leader and project leader shares devotions. They pray together. They pray for the project. They pray for the church. They pray for the individual needs, and they pray for MMM as well globally. And so that's the sort of teamwork that happens, but it happens across the life of the project. A, a typical project is two weeks, but we have some projects that are two or three days and some that are about a month. A month is probably about as long as we get to, um, but it just depends what the what the work is and how defined it is. Sometimes we partner with actually qualified building organisations and work with them as well. Over the years, you've suffered a few setbacks and you've got a 40-year history and then the expansion uh, beyond our shores and in, you're into places like Hong Kong and Zambia and a whole lot of other countries as well. Been a few setbacks. You mentioned a little earlier in our conversation the Black Saturday bushfires. Mm. Uh, you had a real setback when those fires uh, destroyed a lot of your uh, official head office uh, infrastructure. Uh, how was the recovery from that? Or are you still on recovery in some sense? Well, I guess the relaunch of the Associates Program is part of that recovery because a lot of the ground information that's just available for anybody to pick up and read wasn't there. But, yeah, look, it, it, it's taken a long time in, in some respects to build back some infrastructure. Um, we were fully insured, and that's just one of the blessings of wise management and good stewardship. And the insurance companies, bless their hearts, came to the party. We, we were up and operating again within a month in a temporary facility, but that's a temporary facility. It's not home. It's not set up. Along the way, we, we uh, embarked on buying a, a, a different style of property than what we had. We've recovered from that. There's a rawness, though. The real hurt, Neil, is is the rawness of the impact on people. Um, and oh, I can't imagine what it was like to be on site on that day. Uh, I know that there are people that are still affected by that, and that, that hurts me. So we, the board, I think, at the time had said, it, it's too raw to go back there. We'll go somewhere else. And so we're still dealing with some of that, and we lost some volunteers along the way. Um, we lost a lot of knowledge and a lot of head knowledge about what happened when people leave as well. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. 
We're talking about a Christian ministry that passionately is concerned about your church infrastructure, whether it's your church building or those halls or all of the infrastructure that goes on around uh, mission agencies and uh, outlying areas, whether it's in the city or whether it's in the country. Our special guest this hour, Terence Baxter. He's the CEO of Mobile Mission Maintenance. Terence, uh, just a few minutes remaining in our conversation, but when we talk about the skills of the people who are involved in mobile mission maintenance, talking about associates or volunteers, uh, I've been saying, you know, uh, you know, maybe you think about swinging a hammer or a paintbrush, but uh, the skills that people have, uh, there'll be people listening to our conversation now going, uh, I'm not sure whether my skills will really measure up to what they need. Uh, what, what's, the, uh, what's the minimum requirement and what special skills would you really like to hear from today? Minimum requirement. Uh, breathing, <laughs> okay. Breathing, you can uh, breathe. Breathing and a and a and a, ca- and a capacity or, or a will to want to contribute, and we can find an area where they can. Uh, you know, I, I've got people on teams that were university lecturers. Now they may seem the most useless people in the world in a practical sense if you've ever been <laughs> okay. to university, but but they they. You find when they're at home, think about what you do at home. Have you ever fixed a tap? Well, you can work with us. Have you ever written a letter? Well, you can work with us. Have you ever gone and asked, helped somebody fundraise or, or worked in your church in fundraising? Or, well, you can work with us. If, have you ever stood up and presented anything to anybody? Well, you can work with us. We we have a role for anybody that wants to get involved. It's just we can find where it is, and the the most simple thing you can do is pray and pray with us. Get into our prayer network. Be a part of that. Um, join in with us. If you If they're interested... Come through the website. There's a contact us tab in there, and and fill out some details. We'll get back in touch with them, point you to your local thing because one of the difficulties is dealing with a head office all the time. So that's why we're regionalised. We're out there, and the real work of MMM happens in the regions. Let's talk about the expansion overseas too. There's a number of countries around the world, and uh, mobile mission maintenance. This is an Australian ministry. And uh, the expansion into various other countries, very exciting. In fact, you're heading off to Hong Kong in a little while uh, because they're celebrating a 20th anniversary up there. That's true. Um, it's, travel isn't something that I really enjoy, but I do a lot of it. Um, but I do have to head off to Hong Kong for the 20th anniversary celebrations in October this year. Um, 20 years of being there. Hong Kong isn't that big, but they do a lot of work into China. And believe it or not, there's a lot of churches in China that need our help. They work through Southeast Asia as well. Um, we've got New Zealand. They stretch out into Polynesia and around the South Pacific. Um, but Hong Kong is an exciting thing. New Zealand celebrated their 20th anniversary about three years ago. And uh, and that was an exciting time to see people come together and to celebrate, you know, such a milestone of achievement and look back and say, you know, we've done a lot of work in a lot of churches, but we've got a lot more to do. So. Now, something we've been talking about people volunteering their time or becoming an associate, someone who's closely linked uh, with mobile mission maintenance. What we haven't talked about is financial uh, ways that people might be able to contribute. And uh, we haven't talked about that, and uh, you haven't asked me to, but let me ask you, uh, what happens with the, the finances? I mean, you've got, a, you've got a head office, you've got your factory, and uh, you're preparing all these buildings, and you're sending them off to, uh, to Africa. And uh, uh, how do you, uh, you know, so financially-wise, uh, what, what are the biggest challenges right now, and uh, can people help? Well, the biggest challenge is always finances in any, or, any missions organisation. We're no different than any other missions organisations. 
we we need donations. We need people to support what we do. Um, as a volunteer organisation, there are still enormous costs, and you know we're really blessed of God. I'm I'm going to be the first one to put my hand up and say. The infrastructure that we have has been built up over 40 years and uh, that has allowed us to do what we do on the smell of an oily rag, basically. Uh, but we always need funds. We always need vehicles to get somewhere, um, the cost of getting people around, the cost of promoting what we do, the cost of helping out. One of the things that our board is considering at the moment is what do we do if we have an excess in each year? Now, that's an interesting challenge because it takes a lot to a lot of donations, but the, the heart of our board is, well, we think we should tithe on that. And so we donate to other organisations and, and do what we can. We don't always have that opportunity. Funds haven't always been there, but when we have an excess, we want to do that. We're looking at expanding into Thailand at the moment and putting a permanent base up in there. We don't have a permanent centre there, and that's one of the decisions our board has made is to is to look at that and see how do we do it, and that's just another headache for me. But it all comes back to that, that fundraising and, and funds that are needed. And Yeah, I wasn't planning on talking about it today, Neil, but uh, as soon as you've raised it, if anybody's out there with a spare two or three million, I'd be very happy to talk to them. I'm sure I'm sure you'll get quite a few calls. <laughs> Terence, just want to honour you, the good work that you're doing and the whole team in all of those different regions that you were talking about all around Australia, the whole team and the, the job that they're doing, partnering with the church to make sure that the infrastructure is in place, that it's sound, that it looks good, that it presents the image of the church that's so important because there is this concept of sometimes if our church facilities don't look good, we actually limit the opportunity that we have to reach out into the community because it may, for some people, be the point that says, I won't go to that church. That's true. Uh, so uh, there are so many good reasons to be involved in the work of mobile mission maintenance. And as we've been talking about the relaunch of the Associates program today, I know there'll be listeners who'll be wanting to find out some more detail to connect with mobile mission maintenance. Terence Baxter is our guest. He's the national CEO of mobile mission maintenance. And uh, let me point you to that website address where you can find out some more details, where you can connect. And undoubtedly, there'll be a link there, Terence, where people can perhaps even give a donation to or uh, work out how they can partner with you because it is just a wonderful ministry. MMM.org.au. That stands for Mobile Mission Maintenance, MMM.org.au. Terence, thanks so much for taking some time to share your heart with us today on before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.